The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are talking about some players that are underperforming expectations and I think you can maybe execute a buy low. Let's go! Jordan, open! Chicago with the lead! Bryant, to Jack! Not a game, not a game, we talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life! Here's basketball! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Like we said in the intro here, guys, we're talking about buy low players today, players that you can get uh, some good value on if you make a trade for them. Now they've been underperforming with a particular focus in the last one to two weeks. Um, and where I expect these guys to be moving forward, what I think you should be giving up or, or thereabouts to, to get a good trade and get some good jumps on your fantasy roster and your league in general. Um, quick disclaimer again on these buy low podcasts. Obviously, you're not always going to be able to do these, um, especially if you're in a competitive league. Other league mates are watching these videos and other analyst videos and, and podcasts out there. People are going to be switched on. However... It is just to sort of give you an idea of where I sort of see players that you might currently be frustrated with if they're on your team or if you're trying to execute a buy low, the, the kind of value range in which I expect them to be uh, moving forward. Um, I'm not always right on all these things. Uh, I like to think that, especially if you watch the last podcast, I think a lot of them have bounced back. But... Um, we always do need to keep in mind that we, we sometimes get things wrong. So try and go a little bit below what you expect them to be going. Don't offer around the value that you expect them to be at. Offer them a, a value well below that so you can get a little bit of buffer room there. And again, a lot of these things will be team dependent. A lot of these guys that you're trading for, if they suit your build, there's going to be better uh, players out there for you. If they don't suit your build, then you're not going to really bother. Um, so make sure if you're looking for a certain particular stat, if you're looking for something that you need for your team category-wise, 
if one of these players suits what you're looking for, then you might be able to get them for a discounted price. So always keep in mind that um, rankings and where people place in terms of what they're doing on those nine category rankings lists aren't always reflective of exactly what they're doing for your team and your punt strategies, your head-to-head build, or, or whatever the case may be. So always do keep that in mind. Uh, let's get stuck into it. We've got seven players, or actually, no, sorry, eight players that we're going to go through today on the buy low category here today. So first up off the board, we've got a couple of Minnesota Timberwolves players. The first player that we're going to talk about is uh, Anthony Edwards, who is still struggling um, compared to where he was drafted earlier in the preseason, often going in the second rounds. He is currently the 117th ranked player in nine category settings. The last two weeks, he's moved up to 58th, but the last week um, in four games, he was the 108th ranked player. He's still putting up good counting stats on the year, 22 points, uh, 2.7 threes, 5.7 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 1.2 steals. Um, It really is just the free throw percentage and high turnovers. He's improved pretty much across the board outside of the... um, Oh, pretty much staying where we expected him to be uh, with a bit of an increase in scoring. I think that there's a lot of uh, growing pains over in Minnesota at the moment. You've seen some very up-and-down performances from all of their players, all of their main four guys, and, and also Ajita McDaniels, their fifth guy there. Um, so I think that that is to be expected, but I do think that over time, over the course of the season, that these will re- regress or regress back to the mean, I should say, and level out. In the last couple of games, he scored under 20 points before that going 24 and 24 in back-to-back games. Um, he still has that star potential, that star upside. I was always a bit skeptical about him being a top 20 player. I think I had him in mid, the mid-20s. Um, and I think especially if you are punting either the free throw or the field goal percentage or... or or both, or field goal percentage and turnovers or whatever have you, you can still get yourself a top 30, top 25 guy who's going to give you lots of points, threes, uh, decent steals and assists as well. So I'm not too worried about his overall uh, production. The free throw percentage is a little bit concerning, but I do think that he's he's a good enough shooter and he's a good enough talent that that should correct. I don't know. We were hoping that it might get to over 80%. Don't know if that's going to happen this year. It looks like he's still going to be that sort of mid to high 70s guy is about where I project him to be. But I do still think that the scoring should take another step forward. He's at 22 points per game so far. Last two weeks, 23. I think on the season that can rise to 25 a night. I still do think that he's going to be the leading scorer on this Timberwolves team. Um... Yeah, there's been some footage out there of him looking really passive and disinterested, some some harsh comments about the team being soft and things like that. So uh, hopefully he can back it up with some play himself. Um, but I do still think that he's going to be someone that bounces back. The rankings don't really do him justice with the percentages and turnovers uh, reflecting poorly in that. Um, so see if you can use that to your advantage when negotiating to get an, uh, an Anthony Edwards offer. Uh, a team that probably selected him in, in their second round you might be able to get him for someone who's, you know, a top 50, top 60 guy uh, if you do need that boost in scoring threes, assists, and steals. So Anthony Edwards is the first buy low candidate here. The next one uh, is his teammate D'Angelo Russell, I think is probably a more achievable buy low uh, player here. He is someone that started the year pretty well in his first four games, had three games scoring 20-plus points, but hasn't hit that spot uh, since then. 
On the season, he is the 144th ranked player. In the last week, the 269th ranked player, uh, playing just 27, or just a tick below 27 minutes per night. In the last two weeks, he's averaging 10.6 points, 1.6 threes, 3.7 rebounds, 5.7 assists, 1.3 steals, and then the big killers, 30, uh, 32.6% from the field, 46.7 from the free throw line on 2.1 attempts. Really, really weird stuff going on the free throws over in Minnesota. No one can hit their free throws, apparently. Um, that's really, really strange. And uh, and then three turnovers as well. So, uh, obvious, obvious candidate for positive regression or regression back to the mean with D'Angelo Russell. Um, he can jump another 10% in his field goal percentage. He can double, oh, maybe not double, but add an extra 40% to his free throws, 35% to his free throws, and see that tick up. The point should get up closer to 15 per night, I would say. He was someone that, uh, you know, maybe he takes a step back with, with Rudy Gobert coming in, um, with Anthony Edwards taking another step forward. Uh, I think that he is going to be maybe one of the ones that loses out a little bit. We worried that maybe it was Carl Anthony Towns, but I think it does make a bit more sense that the usage falls away from Russell instead of Towns, and they feed it through Towns and Edwards for the most part. Um, he, he averaged 7.1 assists last season. Maybe you could see that tick down. I think I did project that in my preseason rankings, but should still be, you know, he's averaging 5.6 on the season. I could see that maybe getting up to six per game, so that's not really the worry. It really is just those percentages. Those percentages are absolutely god-awful right now, um, and it is obviously trending the wrong way. But I think that he is someone you can um, definitely uh, get a buy low from. Um, the The change in the team's uh, roster could be something that you, you, you can use to your trade uh, discussion talks and say, hey, look, you know, it's not working in, in Minnesota. He's struggling. They might move him to the bench. You know, Anthony Edwards is taking a lot of his assists and points, um, you know, the, the it's it's the trade has negatively affected him, um, and see if you can get him from that kind of uh, that kind of a point of view. But I think that again with the Minnesota team, there's a lot of growing pains at the moment. But I still think that he will figure it out. I don't necessarily think that there's anyone really to challenge his minutes there, so he should be getting those minutes back up. At the moment on the season, he's averaging under 30. Last two weeks, under 28 minutes per night. So I think that that can come up another four or five minutes per game, and then compared that with the improvement in percentages in field goal and free throws, I think that you're going to see a big bounce back for D'Angelo Russell. Um, But maybe he's someone that we don't see as a top sort of, um, you know, a top 70, 75 guy. He's obviously much better in a punt field goal percentage build. So keep that in mind. He's not going to be someone that comes out and averages 50% from the field. He is going to hurt you from there. So always, always keep that in mind. If you're punting field goal percentage, I'd be much more inclined to go and get him from, from that team. And then, um, and then, you know, you don't have to worry about that negative category. You still get the use of his assists, his threes, his points. Um, the steals are, are somewhat decent as well. So I think that that's the best case scenario for D'Angelo Russell. There is a chance that he does fall off a fair bit this season. That is a risk. So don't give up anything, you know, of a really high value for your team. But I think that he is someone that um, you can, he'll, he'll be better than this. Uh, I can rest assured and guarantee you that. So in fact, let's give him one of these. Guaranteed. All right. The next guy here is another big name. Uh, LeBron James, I think is a buy low. Uh, he's uh, struggled recently. Hasn't looked himself. Missed the last game. I think he was being 
been he's been sick. Um, he's had a few things going on um, with his uh, foot. I think it was that he was uh, out for the last game. Looked really sluggish. Uh, lots of struggles going on in the Lakers. So he's hitting the spotlight. He's currently the 70th ranked player per game in fantasy basketball nine category rankings. Um, that's based off 24 points, 1.4 threes, 8.8 rebounds, 7.1 assists, a steal, 0.8 blocks, and field goal percentage well down at 44.9%, 68.2% from the free throw line and 3.4 turnovers. So straight away, you can sort of see field goal percentage is one of the big ones here. He's traditionally a north of 50% from the field uh, sort of a guy. Um, I was a little worried about LeBron James taking a step back this season, but obviously this is way too far. The threes are well down as well at 1.4 per game. He was nearly hitting three per game last season. Again, something I thought that would regress, but I didn't think that it would halve, which is exactly what it's done in this uh, so far in the nine games he's played. So I think that that's going to come up. And then the rebounds, uh, assists, the steals are basically where you would expect them to be. The free throw percentage has um, come back to about where he was the two years prior to last season. So maybe that is just what he is. And last year was a bit of an outlier. I always did kind of view him as a punt free throw guy. Um, You know, maybe you could salvage it, but it's better. He's in those kind of a punt free throw builds. But I think as the field goal percentage comes up, the points will come up and the threes will come up. And I think that that will correct his value. Maybe he's closer to a top 20 guy rather than a top 10 guy. Um, and, and I think I had him in the sort of mid-teens sort of area. So I wouldn't be giving someone, giving up a top 25 player. See if you can get someone in that 25 to 40 range for LeBron James. You know, throw out the age, throw out the narrative of uh, Lakers sucking and him getting shut down and all this sort of stuff. He's old, he's going to get injured, and you might be able to get yourself a buy low for LeBron James. It's tough when he's LeBron, and uh, obviously a lot of people do really like him, but you can use these rankings, use his age and the injuries and the lake is sucking to your advantage. And I think that there might be an ability, especially if you're a punt free throw percentage build, um, to maybe get yourself a bargain for LeBron James. But I think that those things will correct itself. Um, uh, be, be aware he might be missing some games from time to time as well. So also keep that in mind. Um, but again... I'm thinking they don't have their pick. The Lakers don't have their pick, so they've got to be playing for something. You know, maybe there's some moves coming on, but if it doesn't, it could get rough for LeBron down the stretch. I don't have him in any of my drafts, um, not because I was actively avoiding him, but, you know, just wasn't going where I thought he probably should have been, maybe a little bit earlier by a couple of picks. Um, and yes, but I think I think he, he should obviously be better than the 70th ranked player. Uh, next guy from the complete other end of the spectrum to a really young guy, Josh Giddy, the Aussie, I think is a buy low candidate. He was lighting up the uh, the preseason um, before the season started, obviously, looking really good with his shooting. Um, he did all of that without Shea Gilgis Alexander, and obviously Shea came back game uh, sorry game. Day one of the NBA season, and it, it, I think it has affected Giddy and his ability to put up decent stats. Um, currently on this season per game, he's the 195th ranked player, averaging 12.9 points, 1.13, 5.6 rebounds, 4.9 assists, 0.4 steals, 0.7 blocks, 41% from the field, 66.7% from the free throw line with three turnovers. So, um, Fairly similar stats, really, to what he put up last season, uh, which was the which did make him the 166th ranked player. So on a nine category setting, 
there is a legitimate argument to say that that Josh Giddy might be someone who's not a top 150 player this season because of his deficiencies in a lot of those areas, such as the field goal, free throws, turnovers. He doesn't get a high volume in uh, threes, steals, and blocks. So there are legitimate holes to his game. And um, there was a lot of reason why I thought he was a bit of a bust when he was going top 50, top 60 earlier in the in preseason drafts. That corrected itself um, to be a bit more around the 60s and 70s, which I thought was a bit more reasonable. But the fact that he's only averaging 4.9 assists, I think is the biggest concern. I think he can be a lot better, but there is a legitimate worry that he doesn't get as many assists when Shea Gildas-Alexander is out on the court. So um, that is real. However, I still think that he can be a lot better than this. The rebounds are also well down, and I think that that is something that can definitely come up. The minutes so far, he's been averaging 28 minutes per night. I think that can easily rise another four or five minutes per game and he can get to 33, 34 minutes per night and that will automatically boost all of his numbers. Um, again, he's best in certain builds. So if you if you are punting turnovers, if you're punting field goal percentage, in fact, let me just see what happens when I do turn on the punt turnovers and punt field goal percentage build so far just for his ranking this season and see where he comes out. Uh, let me find, what are we looking at? OKC. He comes out as the 114th ranked player. So again, top 120 on just the numbers that he's doing right now, if you're in that kind of a build. So obviously that's a, uh, that's a big jump up from his 195 ranking uh, in nine category settings. So that's the best kind of build strategy for a Josh Giddy. You've got to be aware of his poor free throw attempts, although he doesn't take too many. Um, but I do think the minutes can come up. I think he can shoot a little bit more efficiently. Um, and then the, the rebounds and assists I expect to improve as well as the steals uh, and the threes just from those minutes coming up. So he's had a bit of a rocky start. Um, there's been some good games in there. You know, game two, he put up at 19, 2, and 12 with six assists, one steal and one block, shot more efficiently. So there is definitely a lot of upside here, but I think it's a it's a good reminder for us to not get too carried away with these guys getting dramatically better uh, straight out of the gate. He's come out, you know, he's had that ankle injury early in the season and probably hasn't had the consistency so far. Uh, but again, for me, these last stretch of games, I think it's mostly been due to the low minutes um, that he's seeing his value drop below where I expect him to be. So I think Josh Giddy is definitely someone that you can buy low, but again, consider his uh, statistical profile and what he does for your team and your kind of a build. Um, the next guy here is the first to appear in the sell highs and the buy lows. John Collins is a buy low here. On the season, doing really, really well. He's currently the 36th ranked player on the season, but the last two weeks, he's the 90th ranked player. The last week, he's been the 95th ranked player. Early in the year, he was getting so many defensive stats, steals and blocks, and that's really, really fallen away um, since. I think that uh, there's also been a few uh, blowout games, um, some low-minute games mixed in there as well. Last game, he only put up 23 and a half minutes. Um, some low-usage games where he didn't get many shots. I think the game against uh, New Orleans Pelicans, he only got six field goal attempts. There's a few games where he only had four field goal attempts against Milwaukee and Detroit. Very, very strange to see. Um... I think, obviously, the early season stuff is not what you should expect from John Collins, but I think he can be a lot better than this. I think that there was a bit of panic. Towards the end of last season, his minutes were trending down, and he was seeing minutes in the high 20s as opposed to the low 30s. 
I am encouraged that even in the games, there's, there's been only a few, three games really, where he's been dramatically lower than 30, 30 minutes per game. And a lot of them have been, uh, well, last game was a blowout. Um, there was one against Detroit where it wasn't necessarily a blowout. It did end up being a blowout, but it was a bit closer throughout the game um, that he had 25 minutes. But all the other games, really, they've been in the low to mid uh, 30s. So I think that that's really positive for him. I think he can be a top 60 guy, top 50 guy. So if you can get um, him for someone just outside of that range, then I think I would easily pull the trigger if someone was, uh, you know, didn't believe the early season uh, stats, listened to a lot of podcasts, saw him as a sell high. They weren't maybe able to manage to sell him high. Now he's gone the complete other direction and he's been really bad these last couple of weeks. And um, maybe they're thinking, oh shit, I've missed my opportunity. He's actually not that good. Now you can come in and maybe get him for somewhere. And I think he's going to be, again, somewhere in the middle between those two extremes. And to me, that's about a top 60, top 50 kind of a player. And again, he's better in a punt threes build. He's better in a punt assist build. So those kind of builds are going to be where he shines the most, but he is pretty good all around. Um, Won't really hurt you anywhere in particular. Good percentages, low turnovers. Uh, So I think he is someone that can be a good buy low candidate. Um, We've got three more to get through here, guys. And yes, there is going to be that guy coming later uh, who you are all panicking about, but we're going to touch on him at the end of the end of the video today, guys. Make sure if you are listening over on YouTube, watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and make sure you give the video a big old thumbs up for the uh, the older YouTube algorithm. But let's um let's keep going. PJ Washington is the next guy. Um, I got him in a lot of leagues. He's been very up and down so far this season. On the year, he's the 90th ranked player, which is actually not too bad compared to where he was drafted. Um, In the last week, however, he's the 125th ranked player. He did have a very good uh, last game and actually a decent game before that, but... Uh, there's been a few really bad games sprinkled in there. So I'm wondering, and I also have seen a lot on Twitter, a lot out there on the comments that people really panic about PJ Washington. I've had several times throughout uh, different portions of the season, whether PJ Washington is a drop candidate. Absolutely. No, 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 Um, no, he's not a drop candidate. He's going to be a top 100 fairly easily. In my opinion, in fact, I think he could be easily a top 80 guy. Um, People might be worrying about players like Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball coming into to back into the mix. So people might actually view PJ Washington as almost a sell high in certain situations when I actually think he's a buy low because when those guys come back in, he's going to settle into more of what his usual role is, which is good defense facilitating. I still think his scoring is going to be much improved from last season. Um, and I think that especially in a punt field goal percentage or a punt uh, rebound kind of small ball build, he can be an excellent excellent use for your center position in that type of a team. Uh, and that's why I've got him in a lot of, uh, a lot of leagues at the moment. Uh, but yeah, currently putting up 16 and a half points, two threes, four and a half rebounds for your center. That's where people start to really not like PJ Washington. He's not a great rebounder for a player who is eligible as a center on fantasy sites. But uh, to me, who cares? If, if you're going to give me great other stats, then I think he's still really good to have. Uh, one and a half assists that can go up. Uh, 0.5 steals, that can definitely go up. 1.4 blocks, 44.2% from the field goal, from the field. Um, that's about where I expect him to be. That's fine. In a lot of instances, he's better as a punt free throw, sorry, punt field goal percentage, guys. Um, 
82.1% from the free throw line is positive. He is someone that um, typically shoots worse than that, but it wouldn't shock me if it, if it improves. Uh, it's on low attempts, so not a huge, huge positive anyway. Uh, 1.7 turnovers as well. So I think for me, the minutes are not going to go anywhere, and um, uh, the threes, the assists, and the steals can all increase. And I think that people might be viewing him as almost a sell high because a lot of those guys, Rosier, LaMelo Ball, are coming back into the lineup and people might be fearing him dropping off. And again, a lot of weird games, a lot of poor games in there. A lot of them affected by blowouts because this this Hornets team is really, really bad, guys. Um, so hopefully there'll be fewer of those with LaMelo Ball back into the lineup. I think LaMelo Ball makes him better as well, draws attention away from him. And I think that he can be someone, especially in those punt field goal, small build, small ball builds, he can uh, really, really shine. So I view him as a top 80 guy and uh, would be happy to give someone up who's around that 100 mark to get him on my team. Uh, Two more here, guys. The next one we're talking about, another big man. Uh, Christian Wood is someone I think can be a bit of a buy low candidate on the year, on the season. He's the 163rd ranked player in the last two weeks. He's the 188th ranked player. So again, another person we had him as a sell high earlier in the season. He is now a buy low candidate. The, uh, the minutes are down. They're not looking like they're, they're coming up really, um, 24.7 minutes per night. I don't know if they're going to get lower than this because there's just simply, there's simply not enough other competition. Like, you're not going to give JaVale McGee the, the minutes. You're probably not going to give the minutes to uh, a Dwight Powell in any great lengths or anything like that. Uh, maybe you go a bit smaller and, you, and you, you put out some more shooters and spacing around Luca. But again, Christian Wood can do that kind of a thing for you. So I think whilst he's not going to be getting 30 minutes per night, I, I think that this is almost like his floor in terms of minutes per game. There's just no one else unless they make a trade to really threaten that, in my opinion. And also, this ranking, it's 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 bad, but it's also, I think, exaggerated by the fact that he's shooting really poor free throw percentage. So if I go in again and I punt the free throw percentage on basketballmonster.com and I uh, go over to Dallas and see where he ranks in that one there, uh, in a punt free throw percentage build, he is the 118th ranked player. So still not great, but it is definitely 50, it's basically 50 spots higher than what he's doing on a nine category setting. Um, you know, he's putting up 15 points, which is still fine. 1.3 threes is okay. Um, 7.8 rebounds is all right. It, it really is the lack of assists, the lack of steals. There's pretty much zero in both of those categories. The 0.6 blocks. He's probably the biggest concerning thing for him. I think that that can come up closer to one per game, but I don't know if we're going to get it, see it going over to 1.2, 1.3, 1.4 per game, which maybe you were hoping to do. Uh, maybe it's more like 0.8, 0.91 per game, which I think, whilst it doesn't sound like a whole lot, can definitely elevate his value in terms of a ranking settings. But again, people... When you're not considering build, when you're not considering uh, what he does for your team and you're looking at those rankings, uh, he is definitely someone and you see him putting up low minutes and and it's frustrating when he's not out there uh, for as much as you want to do. I think he is someone that you can go and get pretty cheap. His last game, six points, six rebounds, a steal and uh, an assist. Um, Really poor from both percentages. People will be getting very frustrated with him. Um, he's had some real duds in there. So I think you can go and get him for pretty cheap. I wouldn't be giving up too much for him. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be reaching his ADP. He is someone that maybe you know, maybe was being overdrafted in some situations, especially if you weren't considering the punt free throw percentage factor. 
Um, so for those punt free throw guys, I still think you can get him for a decent amount of value, but don't give up too much for Christian Wood and uh, consider the fact that he's not going to offer you much in assists and steals um, and, and the blocks are probably not going to come up to over one per game. They're going to be topping out at one, I think, at best case scenario. Um, but I think all in all, Christian Wood is a buy low candidate. Um, and the last guy here, uh, you, if, if you've been waiting to, to drop angry comments down in the YouTube uh, comments below, do so now if you're sick of me talking about Jabari Smith. But Jabari Smith, to me, is still a buy-low candidate. Now, I will admit, um, I, I'm, I'm a little worried about him. Well, I'm more worried because I was, I was so gung-ho on him and keen on him in the preseason, and I'm aware that he's been worse than I considered. He's been worse than what I thought. What I do want to share with you guys, though, and I did share this on the most recent exclusive Q&A podcast, is what I wrote about him on the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball uh, Season Guide over at ballboysnba.com. Now, what I wrote about him, and again, I will reveal that I had him ranked in that preseason guide at 61. Now, the reason I had him ranked at 61 is because he fits certain builds extremely well. It was a part of the draft where there was a lot of different guys that can go different ways. Um, if I had my time over again, I yes, of course, I would rank him down a little bit lower. However, what I've said here in the comments and what I've been saying about him in the preseason, I still think nothing really has changed in terms of what we saw as the downside and what we want to see from from him in the uh, in the season. So, um, what I said again, uh, he's someone that I expect to average close to thirty minutes per night and start immediately playing some minutes at the four. He's also going to play some small ball center due to the lack of depth behind Shangun. For this reason, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Jabari put up fairly similar fairly similar stats to what he displayed in college. Now, I'll read you out his college stats. In college, he put up seventeen a night, two point three threes. Um, 7.4 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, a block, 43% from the field, and 80% from the line with less than 2 turnovers a game. All very reasonable things for him to average. And in fact, if I go over to his statistics on the season, yes, he's averaging 10 points per game. Not great. 1.83s. Not too far away from his 2.3. 5.6 rebounds is a little bit down, but he was doing better than that before dropping his minutes recently. 0.8 assists is below what we thought. 0.2 steals is the big one that I'm worried a little bit about with him. And 1.2 blocks. Excellent. Free throw percentage, better than I thought. Um, turnovers, low. 30% from the field, guys. 30%. It's horrible. I'm not going to sit here and deny that it's it's awful. I nearly swore there. But it is it is really, really bad. And if you are not punting field goal percentage, it really hurts you right now. It does. And I get that. I would be benching him in that situation and holding him for a little bit longer. If you're punting field goal percentage, he is actually, if I go into it, considering everything that we just said there, if you punt the field goal percentage, he is actually still, if I just look at Houston's roster, he is still the 111th ranked player despite the fact that he's putting up only 10 points, he's putting up 0.8 assists and 0.2 steals. He is still a top 120 player, and he is still someone in a standard 12-team league, if you're in that punt field goal percentage build, that you would be putting out as your starting player. You know, you've got 10 roster spots. That's in 12-team leagues. That's 120 players. 
111th, that means he's the back end of that kind of a range. Now, he has so much scope to get better than that. He improves from 30% field goal percentage to 40% field goal percentage, which is still not good. It's still not good, but it is so much better than what he's been doing. If he does that, he goes from averaging 10 points to averaging 14 to 15 points per game. He goes from shooting 1.83s to 2.2, 2.3, exactly what I projected him to do in the preseason. And I think that those minutes can also come back up. These last couple of games, he played 22 minutes in the most recent game. It was really bad, losing confidence. He's coming off illness as well. Um, most recent game before that, again, before he went out six, 27 minutes per night. But before that, there's there's some great games in here, guys. Like just, you know, a, a few games ago, he had a 21, three point, that's three threes, nine rebounds, two assists, and three block game. Um, he's had games where he's put up 17, three, and seven. Um, you know, 13, three, and 11 with two blocks. 12 points, three, uh, two threes, a steal, and a block with 100% free throws. There's good fantasy value in here somewhere. He's on a... Uh, a low of all lows. He's the biggest buy low maybe in the history of buy lows, in my opinion. Um, people are sending me messages every day saying, can I drop Jabari Smith? Can I drop Jabari Smith? So that that tells me you can send your worst player, your second worst player out to the player, the, the team that has him. If you're in a punt field goal percentage uh, build, you have absolutely no excuse to go and at least try it. If he is this bad for the next three or four weeks, then you drop him and you move on. But it absolutely, there is so much upside that if I'm right here and he goes from 30% field goal percentage and he goes up to 40%, he stays out there playing 30 minutes a night, which, you know, he was the number three pick in the draft. And I think that he, um, you know, the reason he was the number three pick is because he's an excellent shooter. Look up his college stats. He was a really, really good shooter. And I think that whilst the confidence is really down right now, he will eventually turn it around Um so I'm still planning my flag that I think that he's going to be really good. He's obviously going to be much better in a punt field goal percentage build. So be aware of that. Um, we always did project it to be bad, the field goal percentage. I didn't think it would be this bad this early. However, nothing fundamentally has changed in my opinion of Jabari Smith from what I thought he would be as a prototypical player. Um, it's just been much, much rougher than we, we thought at the start of the season. If he's ever dropped in your league, I am grabbing him immediately because no one on your waiver wire has the upside that Jabari Smith has, the opportunity that Jabari Smith has. And um, I just don't think that it's... We haven't seen enough of a sample size. We haven't seen enough. Um, it's really been these last four games, really four, five, six games that he's he's been putting up shit numbers. Even in the few games before that, they were poor field goal percentage, but he was still getting you threes and rebounds, steals, blocks. Um, it's just these last few that have been real duds. Maybe that's tied into the fact that he was sick. Maybe it's tied into the fact that he uh, had an injury in his ankle in the preseason. Uh, maybe it's that together with the fact that he's a 19-year-old rookie on a really bad team with a pretty bad coach as well. All of those things can be affecting him, but I still think that he can be better than this. And uh, uh, so hopefully he does. I'm, I'm really, look, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers because I don't want I don't want to be saying all these things and, and cost you guys bad picks. And I apologize if he's frustrated you so far. He's definitely frustrated me. I'm in the same boat. He's in a lot of my teams as well. Um, a lot of Dynasty teams as well. So uh, a little bit more stake involved with those if he does turn out just to be shit. I really don't think he's going to be that though, guys. Um, so 
hold on for a little bit longer. Um, you know, do, do whatever you want. If he's ruining your enjoyment of the game, go ahead, drop him. Personally, I have not thought once about dropping him in any of my leagues. I've been uh, in leagues where I am punting field goal percentage, trying to send out buy-low offers. Unfortunately, on the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl, where I am punting field goal percentage, you can't do trades in that league, which does suck. But if I could, I would definitely be trying to trade for him in that kind of a league. Uh, and I think you could... You don't have to give up much, and you, the potential reward could be really, really good. So, uh, long, long segment there on Jabari Smith Jr., but he obviously is the hot topic, and he obviously is someone that I get a lot, a lot of questions asked about him. If you ask me a question, should I drop Jabari Smith Jr., the answer will almost be no all of the time. So, hold on for a little bit longer, guys. I think that he will turn it around. So, that will do it, everyone. Give the big thumbs up, guys, on the video. If you drafted Jabari Smith Jr. and hate me and uh, think that I ruined your draft, let me know down in the comments below. Hopefully, um, you know, we can understand that even though he's not doing well in a rankings point of view, he is still going to provide you the stuff that we thought he will provide you. Uh, and it's always, always, always about building a team, collecting certain st- statistics into uh, a roster so that you can be strong in, in different areas and different categories. Don't use rankings religiously, especially once the season starts, once things get going. It's all about how well are you doing in different categories and how is your team performing in a head-to-head, week-to-week matchup and who's got the upside? Who can turn it around and be the difference maker for you? So keep that in mind always, guys, and I hope to see you guys next time. Laters. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.